Welcome to Product Coffee, a podcast where product professionals from Ibotta share stories, advice, and thoughts on all things product over a cup of coffee. Grab a cup of joe and join us to level up your product career 30 minutes at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, Kevin Gentry. Patrick Kuchkowski. And I'm Zach LaGreca. So today's topic is setting vision. This will probably turn into a a multi-part topic, knowing how we like to babble on about things. But uh, really, we're kind of talking today about how do you set vision, both with your team, your squad, your group, and then to a certain extent, how do you manage up? Um, So one of the the challenges I think we've had for a while, Jake, you can come join us. Um, Jake Roland has stepped into the booth, everyone, so uh, you'll hear him shutting doors and being loud in a second, but... Um, really, uh, you know, when we're thinking about vision and how does that apply, I think the biggest thing to think about with a, with your team is, you know, there's all these different priorities. And too often, it's easy to get lost in the day-to-day, the minutia or the meetings, etc. Um, and so how do you keep your, your team, your squad really focused on the work that matters? How do you keep them compelled? So I'll kind of leave that as the opening mm-hmm. question and see what people think. Yeah. Um, pretty loaded. I think we can go a lot of different directions with that. Um, I think, you know, with product, you're always storytelling. That's a part of your job. And um, you, you kind of have to tell the, you're the champion of your product in terms of your storyteller. So that's kind of, part of that is communicating a clear, strong vision that is consistent and like um, impactful for your team. And they, they kind of are, are empowered to go and solve for that problem or, or, or fix that thing or um, achieve this great um, vision that you have um, baked out. But would like to put this question out to you guys too. Can anyone define what vision is? Mm, I was just going to ask you that and I turned the tables <laughs> on. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, uh, so I think there's vision, there's mission. I think a lot of people can get those confused. Mm-hmm. Um, my take is that the vision is like the world you want to live in and how your team gets you there. And the mission is more of like, you know, how are we, like, what are we trying to do like as a charter? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, they're very related to mm-hmm. each other, but that's, I think the real difference is it's like, okay, here's the, the good we want to create in the world, but here's like what the world looks like when we've built this cool thing, when we've influenced the lives of the people who are using mm-hmm. our product for the better. Agree. Yeah. Any other additions to that? Or is that uh, no, I, I was like thinking in my head how I would answer that question. It was pretty much <laughs> the same way. Like, mission is why you exist, and vision is how is reality different if your mission, if you are accomplishing your mission. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay, that's a good way to think about it too. Yeah. So, what would you guys say the vision is for Product Coffee? <laughs> I would say. Maybe so we, we start with mission first. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. Anyone have an idea what our mission is? What are we? Do- what are we doing here, guys? <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> I mean, coffee. <laughs> leveling people up, right? Leveling product managers up. Thirty minutes at a time. Thirty minutes at a time. Yeah. So I think the vision is everyone in the world is a product manager. <laughs> no, I, I think I think the world we live in is um, <clears throat> product managers are way better at what they do, yeah. in part because they listen to product coffee. And a lot of great people who would be great at product learn about product and get into the field mm-hmm. because of product coffee. That'd be my... I like that. I like another vision. piece of the vision I would love to see is just everyone w- like 
you don't have to be a product manager at product mindset mm, so like mm-hmm. kind of inspiring product mindset in whatever job that you kind of do I think would be that's nice and succinct as well which yeah. I think goes mm-hmm. a long way yeah I think I think my vision for the podcast would be something similar it's like making product management approachable yeah right breaking down these walls of like ooh product management these are like yeah. uh, the brain dress so like yeah. <laughs> no like what is it what are the skills like, yeah we've had most of the four of us like how many conversations have we had with aspiring product managers like how do I break into product <laughs> like well there are a lot of skills you can be working on without the product manager title like yeah you can do it in everyday life so I think or it's for just, more senior people how do I get to that next level I think yeah. that's something yeah. I've encountered a lot of other that's fellow point, se- more yeah. senior PMs have encountered is cool I, I feel like I've started to get good at some of these things but now how do I how do I manage people yeah. how do I start to work on multiple product lines how do I do these yeah. things that increasingly they it's like now that seems really hard and I'm not sure where to start right. so I like the idea of make product management approachable something else I think that's really important about your vision as well as your mission I think for both of these is succinct like mm-hmm. I think, like you said Patrick um, so that people can remember it like you know I, I think You've probably worked at or heard of companies where they have like these vision and mission statements and they're each a paragraph and you, they're like full of buzzwords <laughs> and by the end of it you're not sure what you read yeah. and it's, it's just, it feels like filler. We've and gone through some of that leveraging here. Leveraging optimization yeah. tactics. The leveraging optimization uh, uh, symbiosis. <laughs> to achieve synergy. <laughs> to achieve synergy. Let's stack hands on that one. <laughs> um, but I think something simple that conveys like again it's storytelling like yeah. something that simply conveys in a way that sticks what you're trying to it's do it's emotional right yeah. it has to appeal to you in a more human way mm-hmm. right i think one of the one of the really interesting skill sets of product management is and this is probably a bit of a tangent but it is using objective and data driven methods to tell a very subjective and personal story about something mm-hmm. um, and so there's there's kind of a fundamental conflict there between the two things which think is interesting yeah I, I think also some sometimes the things we, we are trying to do can go against the grain a little bit like some yeah. of the really good products don't necessarily make sense with the current data set sure like there's a lot of good examples yeah. about that um, and so that's again where I think this this aspirational vision becomes powerful because this emotional thing can compel people to want to, to pursue something that might seem like a totally crazy idea like we could yeah. never build something for that low of a price point that's going to appeal to this wide of a market and it's too expensive it's going to take too long and so trying to take on seemingly impossible problems um, requires that emotional component to your vision i think it also has to be relatable too like we can have this grand vision that like is emotional or like strikes that emotional response in people, mm-hmm. but if like it doesn't do anything for you in particular, then you're not going to be motivated to go achieve it. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's essentially a tragedy, a, com- a tragedy of the commons problem, where like something like hey, like save the world or sure. you know mm-hmm. like fix the environment. If it's too grandiose like that, then it's very easy to be like it's not applicable to me or someone else is mm-hmm. solving it or yeah. I don't have to do this little thing along the way. I think implicit in a good vision is a clearly defined problem. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to necessarily explicitly state the problem, mm-hmm. but it does need to imply that there's a problem there that we're solving and that I believe that that is a problem and I have felt the pain of that problem as well and I'm like I'm totally in. Like I know that that is an awful experience, or whatever, whatever it may be. Um, 
So let me ask you this. Thinking a little bit about the last year and kind of thinking about some of the, the news, especially with software and a lot of these IPOs, do you feel that maybe that's been one of the things that have been missing? And so we've had a spate of, you know, you think like WeWork, you think, um, crap, what was the, the bed company that just went public? Casper. Purple? Casper, oh, yeah, thank Casper you. Did. But yeah. you, or was proposing to go public, yeah. and you ended up with these crazy valuations that were through the roof, and then mm-hmm. as soon as you actually got and packed the metrics and all the stuff, mm-hmm. then you're like, oh, this actually is not something we want going public. It's got a 10 or 10 times less of an evaluation than they were expecting. Yeah, I think WeWork's a really interesting example <laughs> to unpack because I think their valuation was basically achieved based on how they sold the vision. Mm-hmm. Right? It's almost like vision gone overboard without the business mm. fundamentals to to really make that a thing. What yeah, was no. their vision? Yeah, so I actually was pulling up the vision. The vision is here. The funny part is it's a full paragraph, right? <laughs> yeah. So the I think the mission, and let me make sure I jump over to the website to get it right, is create a world where people work to make a life, not just a living. And this is their mission. That, that was, was their mission. mission. Statement. Okay. Their vision statement was: we want to build a more than beautiful shared office spaces. We want to build a community, a place where you join as an image, individual me, but where you become a part of a greater we. A place where we're redefining success measured by personal fulfillment, not just the bottom line. Community is our catalyst. And so it's this... Authority. It was the we concept, <laughs> yeah, right? It yeah, was the idea yeah. that we're not just an individual, we're part of a greater community, and it's the same tense why they went from we work to we. Mm-hmm. But I think that falls down if you're like, I don't really need to be part of a community to just look for uh, office space or something that I want to that's, interact in. And that kind of goes back to this idea of the vision has to has to connect in a way and part of that is some level of product market fit you need to be building something that is solving something for you for people you know and work with something that you know that there's something to solve Mm -hmm. there not some aspirational thing that is really nebulous like that i think that's part of that problem and there's also there's always kind of a gulf maybe not always but it seems like a lot of times there's a gulf between what you're building and the vision Mm because the vision intentionally is aspirational it's it's the long like view of the horizon to try and get you beyond just slight iterations and improvements Um, but you have to have some type of path there like you have to have a a way to build something to achieve the vision you can't have that vision be completely impossible otherwise there's there's just that disconnect and that's where i think they sold on a vision without an actual product to support that and so i think in their case that's why you know after they go public you know freaks out because they're not accomplishing what they're they're hoping to accomplish Mm -hmm. in any way shape or form and they don't have or they don't have a sustainable way to do that right um whereas if you look at I don't know, if you look at someone like Starbucks where they kind of have this vision of being like a, a community, um, they maybe achieve it a little bit better because of the business model and the economics. And so vision is important, but it has to tie into some other things. Um, it can't be vision completely by itself or people aren't going to get bought in. Or that when they realize that there's nothing supporting it, they're, mm-hmm. they're not going to be bought it's in. It's almost like there's this happy balance, right? Like you can't have too much vision and not enough pragmatic um, pragmatic business to make that vision a reality and likewise you can't just have the business metrics and just the mechanics of the business without a vision like there has to be something in between i don't know if i'm explaining myself that clearly but like if you set up a vision like we're going to go hit this revenue target this year like that may be motivating and inspiring to one or two people but if you're trying to rally a group together you need a little bit more than that yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's kind of where product lands, right? Is the mix between yeah. the nebulous, yeah. the the yeah. seemingly 
uh, difficult to accomplish and then making it happen. Like that's right. that's part of what we have to yeah. do. Um, but that's also the important distinction between do you just have like a daydream that's never going to happen or a mm. pipe dream is maybe a better term. Yeah. So your team can sense that. If you go to your team and you're like, you're an internal tools yeah, team and you're like, you know what? We're going to build a space shuttle and go to Mars. <laughs> like, unless you're at SpaceX yeah. or Blue Origin, you know, people are going to be like, no, we're not. Like, that's, that, there's no way we're going to accomplish that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's, you have to, I think that's actually part of the important part of the vision is you have to bridge seeming impossibility with the unique way you might be able to do that. Yeah, it's almost like it's a gradual release sort of scaffolded approach. Like, set this super aspirational vision. And then you need to get some wins along the way to prove that you're actually moving towards that vision. Yeah. 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 And you need to be able to have a couple of potential wins in the line of sight, right? Sure. Yeah. I think that goes back to storytelling, like, and, and telling that right story, especially getting behind that as a storyteller for your team. Mm-hmm. What you just mentioned, like, people can tell if that's, you know, if it's yeah. fake or if it's not, you know. We cannot, as product vision visionary leaders, see that as an outcome. Like, yeah, I think I think our teams can tell, and then that, I think that goes back to what Patrick was mentioning. How do we kind of um, build a vision that is compelling that we continue to anchor on with your team? And I think that goes back to you truly have to believe in it, and you truly have to have a plan, and you know, um, and be behind it. So let's dig into this a little more. You have to believe in it and be behind yeah. it. I agree with that. People can tell when you're being fake, uh, at least after a while. Mm-hmm. How do you then go and get others bought into it? I mean, if you're Steve yeah. Jobs, you know, circa 2008, mm-hmm. it's easy because, you know, he has a lot of wins under his belt. People just listen to what he says. Mm-hmm. But how does a normal product manager go about getting buy into that vision? What, do, what have you guys done? I think a large part of this is your seniority or time in the company, to be honest. So if you're a brand new PM in a brand new organization or just new to any organization, you have to get some quick wins. Because you can come in with this 30, 60, 90 day plan and be like all aspirational mm-hmm. and then it'll crumble yeah. because you're, you're missing some of the minutiae, you're not understanding how the teams are yeah. working, et cetera. So I think it's fine to come in and say, I have this aspiration, but let me basically work to understand how to make this a reality. And it can be kind of a far flung vision. Um, and then really work with the team and understand their day to day, understand all your stakeholders, do those stakeholder interviews. But once you've built up a little bit of that kind of rapport with people and a little bit of the win so people respect you, I think then it's more about validation. So it's, I have a, a grandiose idea, I validated it, and I'm wanting to commit to this, so it's now about, let me craft this compelling story and see if mm. you can bring people along. Yeah, it's a credibility question, mm-hmm. right? Which is what I'm hearing you say. Yeah. It's like, as, as, a, as a product leader, or just any leader for that matter, right? You need to mm-hmm. have, you need to be credible in saying we should run in this direction and then mm-hmm. you got to prove it. Um, but I think as opposed to just saying, all right, here's the vision, here's the direction, here's some numbers to back me up, it's more about then pulling everybody else along and getting them to a place where they feel like they, through their actions and their ideas and their decisions, are driving towards that vision as well. And they can feel like, yes, the work that I've done, the decisions that I've made have helped bring this vision to life and I like the direction that we're going. Like this change that we're yeah. affecting into the world is change that I believe in, um, to coin some famous politician's term, I guess. But um, and that they're they're bought into the idea, and that that builds over time. And I think the longer you're at a company, and the more reps you have under your belt and successfully doing that, the more that people are going to follow you. 
Yeah, I think that you, you mentioned credibility, and then Patrick's kind of like, you know, when you, when you're first coming in and kind of you already have this plan. I think what you're missing there too is just the feedback from everyone else that have been trying to solve the same problems that you want to go solve, right? So I think that goes back to you know um, the stakeholders, you know, understanding who are your key stakeholders in these projects, getting their feedback and insight, mm-hmm. and then crafting the vision out of that, right? Yeah. So it's not just yeah. you in a, in, a, in a silo. Yeah. And so I think that creates that shared. Um, context that shared empathy that you guys can then build that vision and it's more strong when you present that I think part of the reason that works is because in order for people to be bought into like a lofty vision they have to feel like there's some possibility it can happen it can be really hard but it has to feel possible Mm -hmm. and it doesn't feel possible if they feel like their expertise and input isn't factored in at all like especially if you look at engineers, analytics, people building and measuring some of these things, if you don't take those things into account, of course they're not going to be bought into yeah. your vision. If you say, you know what, I know we've been working on um, just an account page for this app, but we're actually going to build a space shuttle. Your engineers <laughs> are going to be like, cool. <laughs> All right. All right. Now. <laughs> Let's, yeah. yeah, we're going to do that. Whereas um, if you talk to them about like how can we use some of the things we've built, like what skill sets do we have? I don't know. You may, it still would be hard to get to the space shuttle yeah. point, but the the point is you you can like leverage their expertise and yeah. understand what capabilities your organization, your technology has, so that when you propose a path forward, you can say, "Hey, I think we could actually make some software that could be used for a space shuttle." And here's some of the things we've done that I think is why. And I think that's another piece of credibility is if you're trying to sell this vision, look at things you've done or accomplished that help prove a part of how you get to that vision. You don't have to have built yeah. a space shuttle. Right. But if you've built software that helps run something, you know, run a vehicle, or mm-hmm. you've you built a team that's worked on something kind of semi-related, look at the pieces you've done and kind of speak to those things and speak to your experience too. Like part of this credibility is building trust with people. They have to trust that you're taking them towards this really difficult vision mm-hmm. that you kind of know what you're doing. And if they don't trust you, they're not going to follow you. Yeah. I think the trust element is probably the underlying basis for really how you're able to accomplish everything. I mean, and even I think if, if your credibility is somewhat questioned, like if you have the trust of your team, you can make it happen. Because I think there's always, a, like, we always screw up somewhere and that's going to erode a little bit of the credibility or potentially the trust. So of those two, I think focusing on trust with your team above all else is probably the key. Because if you lose the trust of your squad, but you have the trust of senior leadership, like, you're just not going to be able to ship anything and then eventually that'll erode mm-hmm. versus I feel like unless you're like did some sort of action that's like you just can't come back from you can regain the trust of a leadership team if you have a team rallied around you absolutely I really agree with that because uh, even though it's so much more visible to have the trust of you know senior leaders but it's maybe much quieter to not have the trust of your team that manifests in the things you build which is going to mean you're likely not successful um, so slightly take us off down a tangent how we're all in the the last podcast you know we talked about essentially what when do you drop things and kind of why and so if we're doing all the storytelling and we're chasing too many things do, do you use your story and the compelling argument and vision to basically say like this is why we're saying no to things or at what point do you have to start reevaluating hey maybe i need to change my my vision or the mission because the tactical or the near term things are compounding yeah i would ask both ways right Mm -hmm. like 
if you're getting those asks or you think that we're working on the right things but it does not achieve the vision that you set out is that the right work that you guys are working on so it's kind of it's a you can ask it both ways i guess a little introspection yeah 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 i'd I'd agree it's almost it's two things like the first question is do you use that story to say no to things and i think if you've done the vision right absolutely like that's how you say no to really cool ideas like if you like look at some of the best examples of products that haven't done certain things like um, where you might really want certain features from a product because you've experienced it in this other product but it's not core to what this overall product is trying to solve that's because they're looking at their vision and saying no to something really compelling that doesn't fit and it's a really hard thing to do Mm -hmm. and that's part of what makes it possible to say no to something really compelling and cool is ah that project sounds cool but it's not going to help with the shuttle so well and, and I know since we're not the founders of the business or you know sitting on the senior leadership team too often I feel like we'll have this compelling vision that we're pursuing that we had SLT bought in on but then they have it or the business is mm-hmm. a different vision and so things can subtly mm-hmm. change so is it okay to potentially go back to the team after you've bought them into something and say like hey this other ask is coming down it's very That's, compelling yeah that, recraft the story that's a good point, I and mean, I've experienced something like this recently. Um, I think it's that alignment with the business, too. Um, that kind of speaks to, well, you guys are, yeah, if you have a different vision as a business and not as a product team, like, you guys aren't working together um, well enough. And that's something that I, I've definitely been um, blind to in the past, too, here, where we kind of sat down with the business and had almost like a come-to-Jesus meeting to kind of just like, all right, let, let's make sure we're all aligned, you know, what are we trying to accomplish here? And kind of getting, again, what I was speaking to earlier, getting all of those feedback and those items out in the open, make sure we're all talking about our concerns. And then what we realized is, yeah, we are. We are aligned. Yeah, we all have the same end goal in mind. It's just the way we were approaching accomplishing this, it was a little different. And then that it made those conversations easier. So it didn't really alter the vision or mission much, but it, it did definitely alter the strategy, but I think also in a good way because you got that alignment. In your case, did you actually craft the vision and mission with those stakeholders, or was it kind of... No, it was after the fact, so it was more, um, it wasn't in a silo, whereas I got I got feedback pretty early and often, and met with the right folks up front, um, and heard all the opportunities, and then said, as an outcome, and we kind of like, I even put all of their feedback in one document, and I said, here's what I captured from these teams, here were highlights, here's what I saw, and then just to, so they can get more context of why I think that this vision statement is the right one. Um, and that just created that empathy, that alignment that was just like, yeah, that makes sense, yeah. And so it was, it was that clear tie, and we achieved the alignment on the vision pretty um, easily, but the, the strategy is where it kind of faltered, like how we're gonna go accomplish that vision um, changed. But it was nice to like level set with that business and just say, well, yep, we're still aligned on the right vision. We're not changing that, but um, this is how we wanted to approach it. This is how the business wanted to approach it. Let's make sure that we're talking about the right things. Um, how are we evaluating the strategy? How are they evaluating the strategy? Making sure we're hearing all of the right things and then aligning on a path forward. But uh, I think it, it was for the better, too. But, yeah, yeah I, so I think this idea of can your vision change, should it change, and also the delta between the vision for your team, your your one product, and then an overall business, 
I think the theme I'm hearing is that those those visions should be complementary. Like if your vision is way out of whack with the business's vision, there's a problem. Yeah. And one of two things needs to happen. And I think it can go either way depending. Like that either means you need to adjust your your product vision to fit in with the overall business or if what you're doing is so interesting and compelling that you feel like it warrants breaking from the current vision, that's a conversation with leadership. And now you have leadership to buy into a slightly different vision. Um, I'd also argue there could be compromise, right? I mean, it might just not be theirs or yours. It's somewhere in the middle that you guys might end up with. This probably makes for a powerful vision at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would say the vision, though, should change as little as possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agreed. Yeah, it's like that. Just really nail it up front. Nail it up front, and and it, it also puts a lot of pressure on the actual creation of that vision. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't have that North Star, if you don't have those goalposts established and Mm -hmm. set, then you're just going to be going all over the place. You're going to be meandering, you're going to be making, like, if you just need, if you don't have that, then you're going to, it's just not going to work, right? Like, having, having that set destination is just so key. Yeah, and I think that's why the really interesting missions are higher level than any product mm-hmm. or product line like you know the the vision shouldn't be something like i want to build the you know web 3.0 virtu- uh, uh, like social network mm-hmm. that's not really a vision like that's a that's yeah. a product that's a strategy to get to a vision of like facebook's vision is like make the world completely connected through through the Zucknet or whatever, you know, it's like <laughs> less cynically, it's connect the world and Those provide tools. Moons, for, yeah. Yeah. yeah, connect the world and provide tools for connection to enable yes. a deeper understanding of humanity. Something crazy broad, and what that allows for is as new technologies arise, yeah, you don't have to adjust your vision; you just adjust the tactics towards getting there. Sure, it becomes it becomes dangerous when the means to the end become the end, right? Like if you if if the if the way to get to that vision becomes the destination in itself, you're lost, mm-hmm. right? Because the means will constantly be changing. Technology opportunities will constantly be changing. Market dynamics will constantly be changing. But some of these problems and that visions are designed to articulate a solution for, those problems are static, mm-hmm. right? Like getting people from A to B or um, talking to people faster or whatever the case may be, eat it, right? Like all these problems will always exist, but the way, the means of accomplishing those things will constantly be in flux. Cool, I would say for today's homework as we wrap up here is uh, post in the comments of the podcast uh, bad missions and bad visions Ooh, of companies. So we I look forward to, to perusing these comments. But <laughs> And some additional homework I think would be to try and for your product, your team, what you're working on, try and come up with a vision and keep it, try and keep it short, one sentence or less. Um, and, and maybe tell some of your coworkers, friends, family, what that vision is and ask them a couple days later, see if they can remember it. I think that's mm. a good benchmark that's for that. Cool. So give that a try. Um, other than that, yeah. rate, subscribe. As always, thanks for listening. Now go level up. I'm so surprised. That <laughs> Getting good at this intro. Yeah, though. cool. Uh, I mean, we can always just do our normal Babylon until.
We run out of time. And then we're like, okay. <laughs> Our normal Babylon. <laughs> Babylon. Now, great podcast name idea, Babylon. Babylon. It sounds like an awesome Ooh. and like historical, but it's just because we babble. That's forever. so good. And then we throw in historical tidbits. That's like genius. It. That's like whenever you're like, that'd be a great band name. That'd be a great <laughs> podcast name. 